0: This weekend's podcast intro wrap is brought to you by the opinion of the guy at the grocery store I met earlier who doesn't like self-checkout machines. What's happening to the people who used to check out your groceries? I like them. They've gotten close to me. It's how it's supposed to be. All around the planet. The only people I let touch my food and scan it. They used to help you. It was personal. Now they're being replaced by heartless robot terminals. From Halifax to France to Toronto. Wherever I'm at, I don't want to scan my own cilantro. They're better at it. Yeah, I'm annoyed. This is the only time a week I get to read my tabloids. Now I have to work? I got enough chores. Paying people for food is why I go to stores I don't trust these things to give me back change why they don't smile or have names or laugh at my jokes and give me a wink and if you mess up they won't give you a minute to think if you make a mistake there's no one to guide you and the guy behind me understands it less than I do I get it they don't take breaks or call in sick and now cashier employment is falling quick so if checkout is presently where you're working I think it's time you became a self checkout repair person before it worsens <laughs> Based on an actual Thought of a guy That I thought that he was thinking When he was not happy about the new self-checkout machines I'm not excited about self-checkout machines either But I'll tell you what I'm excited about this weekend Cause we're at Burgie's And I'm Burgie And you're here And hey It's my favorite podcast too guys And gals Sandy Jobin Bevins is here this weekend Oh my gosh, that's exciting Great friend, great talent, funny guy Amazing stories You may know him from a little film called Harold and Kumar You may know him from Second City You may know him from Deal With It, Life With Boys All kinds of great stuff He's on a new prank show with Will Sasso I'm going to explain that momentarily We're going to get to that So get excited it's another good one, kids. Another great one. How about Uncle Fess? Did you tune in the last weekend's episode? By weekend, I mean the weekend of a few weekends ago, but you know what I'm saying. It was a good one. Shout out Uncle Fess. Great guest. Pleasure to have him. I hope by now you've checked out the Backburner album, Eclipse, and gone and checked out that Uncle Fess tape with Ambition. Lots of, lots of great Great things happening here. I want to get into a couple of quick show announcements upcoming before we dive into our conversation this weekend. Uh, I'll be playing in Toronto and St. Catharines in Ontario this April. Uh, Friday, April 10th, I'll be at Rancho Relaxo for the $5 Rap Show 5th Anniversary, 300 College Street. This is going to be a great night, guys. Huge lineup. It's only 5 bucks, and I think there's going to be some birthday cake there, so you want to make sure you come out to that. Saturday, April 18th, I'll be playing at the Socap Theatre in Toronto. That's above the Black Swan at 154 Danforth. Uh, Just at Broadview, I'm the musical guest at Monkey Toast. It's the improvised talk show which will be starring a whole bunch of great improvisers and comedians, including today's guest, Sandy. So Sandy and I are going to talk about the show a bit later on, so stay tuned for more details on that. Definitely, definitely hope to see you there. It's going to be a really fun night, Saturday, April 18th at the SOCAP. And then in St. Catharines on Saturday, April 25th, I'm playing at the In the Soil Festival at the Merchant Ale House. 98 St. Paul Street, St. Catharines, Ontario. More or less than I will be there. We're going to rock the place a little bit after midnight. I don't get out to St. Catharines too often, so I hope if you're in the area, you will come out and join us. I'd just love to see you. Love to have you here, listening in, getting your emails. Dave Cabal, thanks for emailing me about Suicide Squad. No, I have not read the entire run of John Ostrander, Suicide Squad. But now I'm very interested to check it out. I think I've got maybe the odd issue here and there. I read the Gail Simone Stuff she did with Secret Six and some of those characters, Deadshot, Catman. Those are some good, some good comics, but I have not read it. So I I guess I should get brushed up on that, right? With the Suicide Squad movie coming out, shooting in Toronto. Yeah, that'll be good. If you have questions for me or the show, stuff you want to hear, just email us at weekendatbergiesatgmail.com. It's that easy. Went and saw the Transformers movie, the real Transformers movie, okay? The 1986 Transformers movie where, spoiler alert, Optimus Prime dies. Yeah, yeah, it still holds up. It was fun. It was at the Bloor Cinema and the Cybertronic Spree performed after the movie. They always put on a great show and it was a great night. We watched the movie, more or less, and I and our friends uh, Mike and Liberty were there with us and we. Well, I took it in. It was Liberty's first time seeing the Transformers movie, and she, I think, she got a kick out of it. There's some, <laughs> there's some funny stuff. Grimlock steals the show. I will say, when you rewatch that movie, Grimlock jokes in a full theater got got a lot of laughs. Leonard Nimoy, of course, got a big cheer when his name came up. Rest in peace. I'm on a little Star Trek binge right now, Star Trek The Next Generation. Discovered that it was on Netflix, and I've kinda watched nine episodes in the last since last we spoke. It's good. It's good. I know the early episodes there there's some little Rob like Wesley Crusher sort of saves everybody every time and that's kind of annoying, but man, the acting is good, the writing is good, Deanna Troy is good. She's so she's so caring and considerate, sweet. Oh man, I used to have a big crush on Deanna Troy and let me I'll be honest here, alright? There's a little little old flame sparking again. watching, <laughs> watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fun. Star Trek the Next Generation. It's a nice utopian vision of the future. Okay, before I get too far off track, I'm very excited because we've got a great guest this weekend. Sandy Jobin Bevins. He's an actor. You may have seen him in a little movie called Harold and Kumar. He played Officer Palumbo. He's got some great stories. We're going we're gonna to talk to him about that. He's also in lots of stuff. Uh, he was the dad on Life with Boys. He was in The Listener, the host of Deal With It. He's Second City alumni. He's done a lot of comedy work for the NHL and MLB. Big sports enthusiast. Big comic book fan. And, oh, he's also been working on a prank show with Will Sasso. So there's that. We can talk about that. It's uh, it's not a prank. He's here right now. It's Weekend at Burgie's with Sandy Jobin and Bevins.
1: It's a regular weekend. Okay, just, just, just regular weekend. Just a regular weekend. <laughs> <about> <laughs> I'm sure there must have been some uh, some sort of weather forecast. No, there's just a re- just a regular. It was weekend. just regular. We- it's just, any weekend we just got to get this done. Just, please, it's any kind of weather. Whatever, what weather do you want it to be? Snowing. Great, right, snowing. Perfect, How snowing. How much snow? How much snow? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Regular weekend.
0: Regular weekend. This, is- yes. With Sandy. Sandy Jobin Bevins. Star of stage and screen. Stage and screen. Writer yes. of page and zine. Yeah, that's maybe. Good. You ever yeah. written a, a zine? You sound like,
1: uh, you know, I ne- I've never uh, written a zine, but I remember when <laughs> zines were a big thing. I was in Winnipeg when zines were a big thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, you look back at a zine now, a lot of the zines, I kept a bunch. I had a bunch stacked up. I looked back at a bunch of them from, that would be the, uh, early nineties, I guess. Yeah.
0: And we're now. talking zines, like a photocopied thing, not a magazine. Oh no. Not a cool term no, for sports
1: illustrated. Photocopied yeah. <laughs> zine, book bands and what's going on <laughs> yep. in Winnipeg and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, that was like real, like in your basement, uh, photocopy a picture and no internet. So photocopy, find a picture in a magazine or take a photo Photocopied into a zine and then just handwritten. whole fucking, it was handwritten.
0: Yeah, they were the, the internet. Zines were the internet they, before the internet.
1: Zines kind of were the internet. Before they were internet. blogs, at least. They, they were, were like blogs. exactly right. And it was a big deal. There were so many zines. I loved zines. Zines, was, zines were huge. <laughs> they were huge. I don't know. I haven't thought about zines in a while, but yeah. they, they were huge. Zines were huge. Because there would
0: be poetry or bad. Poetry, band reviews, yep.
1: talking about shows that gone to uh, upcoming albums, books, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: they were definitely the blogs. It's funny, really. Yep. They were blogs. Blogs, but you had to really have that motivation to go and photocopy a magazine. Photocopy,
1: I mean, I you know, here, here's just jumping topics completely. I've been in the same fantasy football league since I was in high school. So this is going back. The first year I did, 1992, wow. was the first year I'm still in the same league. Yeah. So it's the same and some of the same people, I'm the, one of the only originals left. But the guy who ran the league, his name was Nino, he worked at Safeway in Winnipeg, and he would photocopy the results of the week and then he would drop them in your mailbox very, very late Monday night or early Tuesday morning. So you'd open your mailbox on Tuesday morning because before the internet and he'd tell you all the stats, who was MVP of the week and he would photocopy pictures of like football players that he'd gotten from magazines at Safeway. No internet. (laughs) Yeah. No internet. Yeah. People can't believe that, but so you get this one page result that was like, here's all the standings everyone in the league. And here's some pictures of like Steve Young and like John Elway and all that stuff. And that was like, that was to me, that was my football zine. That was amazing. One pager in your mailbox Tuesday morning is very exciting to yeah, get that. Yeah. You have to go and look in the newspaper and you have to figure out the stats and you have to do a little bit. Yeah.
0: That's a lot of commitment. He put a that. lot of
1: commitment into that. Yeah. And that was his thing. So he'd be quietly because he worked at night manager so he'd, he'd be quietly photocopying at safeway at like you know five in the morning <laughs> in so was
0: he yeah. happy when the internet was invented i'm and- sure
1: he was <laughs> it I'm sure he was and, and the funny thing is like now it's i mean everyone the fantasy football is huge and everyone's in these leagues but at that time it was kind of fairly new and but I, I remember being a baseball commissioner like a baseball league where you, i had to like get baseball weekly and go through the stats sure. and then and i would to report it every few weeks because they want to do it every week but you have to go to every single player and get their stats oh yeah that. yeah it was major commitment
0: yeah i did a hockey fantasy yeah. draft with my dad when i was a kid he yeah. took me to something it was just in some yeah. bingo hall yeah. and all this beer and yeah. old guys and they had that exact thing it was all the charts were up on the wall Amazing. and i think they kept the wall up all season that's and great. you like you couldn't touch it that's
1: great yeah, it's that like is... pre-internet, everything that people do with these pools was totally different. Yeah. Right yeah, but it was all, you had to keep track of it all from newspapers. It was like the longest process to get stats.
0: Yeah, I heard fantasy football actually yeah. revived the public's interest in following football stats. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't.
1: Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah, at well, least. I mean, I mean fantasy football Massive yeah, It's insane yeah, the biggest of all The leagues I would say For sure
0: The biggest fantasy Of them all It is the biggest fantasy Of them (laughs) all To play fantasy football (laughs) And the thing is It's just like It runs
1: America It runs America Every America You can't throw a rock In America And not hit 10 people That play fantasy football But uh, now it's like Everybody's in multiple leagues And all this kind of stuff Yeah, Yeah Yeah When I was a kid We're getting to this topic This is great When I was a kid I remember the 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 cardinal rule Of fantasy baseball Was you're in a National League pool Or you're in an American League pool You're not in both
0: No interleague play
1: No interleague And I remember getting I went to the world's Biggest bookstore in Toronto And I got Which is now gone Yeah but I got the Rotisserie League Baseball Rules, which was like the original Rotisserie League guys in New York who all got together at the Rotisserie Chicken House and made this league up. It was always sports writing.
0: And this was the original the Fantasy original these League? Okay, yeah, these yeah. original
1: guys. Are... And so their whole thing was that was the, the number one rule of Fantasy Baseball is you're in a National League pool or you're in an American League pool. You're not in a mixed pool. I remember the line in the book was, uh, Bryant Gumbel is in a mixed league pool. That's all we have to say about that. So there was like this <laughs> shit talked, shit talk Brian Gumble when I was a kid. And I was probably like ten or twelve. I was pretty young, and I was like, "Ha ha, Brian Gumble!" Didn't really get the joke, but I thought it was funny. So that was, and now everybody's in mixed league pool. Yeah, everybody is national American league. It's just too much talent. Like, there's no challenge to it used to be a challenge to get that second catcher, right? All of a sudden, you got you got to get a shitty catcher. You got to get yeah. somebody. You know, you got to get Rick Dempsey off the yeah. bench. <laughs> uh, and uh, but now it's all all stars. And I remember that being a challenge when you had uh, American only or National League only. It was like you honestly were like. This guy may not play this. Like Rance Molinick's or so. You're like, somebody, like <laughs> he might to play all week because he's in that, he's in that, uh, he's in a, a sort of uh, position where he gets Garth, Garth Orge gets all the right handed yeah. bats. molinick goes all the left handed bats. He's only going to play, he's in a platoon, right? Yeah. he only play half the week.
0: So Rance Molinick's old Blue Jay for yeah, anybody getting, Yeah. Garth Yeah, Orge. and Garth Orge, Orge. You're taking it back.
1: So I'm only in one American, so I'm now I'm only in one baseball pool. Yeah. And the name of that team is? Earth's orgy. <laughs> yeah, five years of running now. That's yeah.
0: pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I always, that was the funnest part of being in fantasy leagues for me. I'd always come up with, I like coming up with different team the names. names. The yeah. Best. In football, I was the Turf Burglars. Turf Burglars <laughs> is good yeah. name. And, uh, yeah.
1: And there was, my my brother is a, is a geologist, yeah. and his team was called the Minor League.
0: Uh, oh. Pretty good, right? That was a pretty good one. <laughs> I thought it was good. No, there's some yeah. great
1: names. People come up with really good ones. Well,
0: you were the sleepers as well, right? In the hockey, hockey yeah. Because hockey, I'm I was Mosienko's ghost, and now I'm King Clancy's regime. King King Clancy's regime, Uh, a little inside hockey for you.
1: (laughs) Oh no! I beg you not to laugh. The best part is on Yahoo.
0: My spot's blown now. Everyone knows the worst NHL fantasy. The the
1: best thing is uh, (laughs) is because you're in there as as Bergy. Yeah, and they'll come up these little awards on Yahoo. It comes up little awards, right? And they'll say, like, uh, hey, uh, I got my eye on you. It's the uh, watch list. And so someone gets gets an award or you're the wheeler and dealer because you made a trade. Yours comes up very often, which is unbelievably – Bergie has made no moves in this pool. <laughs> like it, I can yeah, My problem was like the want, want prize. Yeah.
0: Well, last season, I made. I think I ran out of moves, and then this season I just I stopped checking. I just yeah, yeah that's true. the problem with fantasy league. You got to be up on it every day. Every day should check. Yeah.
1: And if you got injuries and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. I we, just let
0: other things get in the way, like making a podcast, yeah, and yeah, you know, totally, we, we've <laughs> totally
1: covered the realm of fantasy sports.
0: But you love your sports, yep. and you've been able to incorporate your love of sports into everything, you like all your writing yep. and acting work, right? Yep. Like because you worked on the NHL awards.
1: I did. Well, that was the first uh, writing gig I kind of got professionally because I was I was at CBC. We were recording a radio show because uh, that's funny because it'll segue back. Yeah, they were trying to kind of do a Monkey Toast radio show at the time, in uh, two thousand seven, and then uh, I was walking in the hallways and this guy walked up, a friend of mine, is a was a writer, and he was saying. This was like, hey, you know what? You'd be good at the uh, NHL awards. You'd be a good writer on that. I'm I'm looking for a writer, and that was how I got hired. I got hired by walking in the halls of CBC.
0: That's amazing.
1: Which nowadays you're more likely to get fired for. Walking in the
0: halls of CBC. <laughs> oh. oh, very true. Too true, maybe. And Monkey Toes for people listening at home yeah. who may not know, it's an improvised
1: yeah, it's talk show. It's a talk show where we talk to guests, and based on what they talk about, we perform scenes, improv scenes. And that's been running for like 10 or 12 years. Now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how did that start? That was with David. Shore. Yeah.
1: So David Shore came to Toronto. He was from Canada, but he went to L.A. and then he came up to Toronto. And Dave Shore, actually, a little fact, Dave Shore, when I quit Second City the first time, he replaced me at Second City. Then when he was fired from Second City, I replaced him. So I, it was a two-year gap where he replaced me and then I replaced him.
0: As an actor in the yeah, company, after yeah. City. Yeah,
1: I mean, I say fired it sounds like a harsh but I'm sure he's over it by now. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been like 12 years, 10 years, over. But uh, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. He did the show called Monkey Toast? Brilliant uh, idea for a show. He's now since moved to England, where he does Monkey Toast in London, and uh, it's a great show because if you're if you like the interviews, it's great, and if you so if you like the interviews more than improv, great, and if you don't like the interviews, the improv saves it. So it kind of goes back and forth. It's kind of like that good double whammy. It was a very smart idea from him because you get both worlds. So uh yeah, it's been running very successfully all over town, all over Toronto. Yeah. Well, now. yeah, well, it's
0: been great. You've yeah. I've been on once or twice, and you coming on. up, we yeah. got one. Yeah, you
1: have a show coming up. Yeah,
0: depending uh, when you're listening to this, if you're listening yeah. to this before the show, it's April eighteenth. we yeah. Well, I'll mention it stuff. Yeah, in we'll do later on yeah. the SoCal yeah. Theater yeah. on yeah. the
1: fourth. That's gonna be the sports edition. Yeah. So we're gonna have uh two sports guests. Yourself, you're gonna open it. A sports theme but you have to be a huge sports fan to love the show because it's the improv is based on what they're talking about the whole thing is we don't like to do like if someone comes on and they're like hey i want to tell you about the first time i recorded a record the next person the, the improv scene is not going to be exactly what they just talked about it's just for like inf, it's just influenced or inspired by that so you're not going to hear the person talk about it, then see it again you're going to see something inspired by that so if it's, someone talks about like being in a clubhouse in baseball we may do something about a clubhouse and a tree like a tree you know, tree, you know whatever I, I got a clubhouse sandwich or some kind clubhouse of sand, clubhouse there, sandwich there you go we, we do a clubhouse sandwich scene <laughs> oh this sandwich. bacon is crispy yeah, it's a
0: delicious sandwich so it's a little bit of like
1: tan, it's tangential like thinking so it's not like you need to no sports like the show
0: right on nice word I like that word tangential
1: mm-hmm. It's out there. It's yeah. gentle, and yeah. it's tan. It's tangent. It's tangential.
0: Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. improv, so because yeah. you've been an improviser. I mean, as, as long as I've known you, I think yeah. when I first saw you, you were doing improv, improv at Second yeah. City, yeah. and... That was years ago. So did you start doing improv? Because you grew up in Winnipeg and Ontario, right? You yeah, were kind of I grew ba-
1: up. Uh, I was born in Flin Flon, Manitoba, <laughs> but I grew up in Georgetown, Ontario. And then I went back to Winnipeg for my last year of high school where because I, I wanted to be in that football pool. And
0: then, uh, <laughs> those I, zines. Yeah. Do you, I hope you still those have zines. those zines, by I, the way. I have those zines somewhere. In oh.
1: four, <laughs> uh, four years of university. So when, those, so when I was in high school, though, uh, a friend of mine, Matt, who you have met before, Matt Kiffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Matt was in a- shout
0: out, Matt, Matt Kiffin. Yes, Matt. I hope you're listening to every episode, <laughs> Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who's now he's a writer on uh, Schitt's Creek and he's yep. been writing on The Hour and written on Ron James all stuff. Yeah. But he's uh he was in an improv group uh, or a sketch and improv group. And one of the members went to Edmonton to do a show, so they asked me if I could fill in for him. And we were called the All Star Nobodies. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we did improv. So the first time I ever really did improv, really, was on stage in front of a paying crowd. I'd never really done it. Like, I just hadn't done it. I'd done no, had no experience, just sort of was in a drama class in high school and thought it was kind of funny, and but never really done improv. So it was like the first time. So that's the best way to learn is like just boom, you're on stage and paying crowd and you got to be funny. So started that. And that was like 90, uh, 92, I guess. 92 was for sure. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Long time ago, and then we moved to Toronto. in Ninety six, got a job at Second City eventually, and then continued to do that. And you had Slap Happy was your group. Slap is still going. We formed in ninety seven. Amazing, we're still going. We don't do tons of shows, but that's like eighteen years later. And who's
0: really? all in that? It's Dave Pierce, Dave and-
1: Pierce, Carrie Griffin, and Tabitha Wells, and uh, Dave. Uh, Carrie- all wonderful talents. All wonderful long- talent. Yeah. Uh, Dave Pierce is a old friend of mine. We were both we were best man at each other's wedding. Carrie Griffin just directed the. The new Second City show, How to Kill a Comedian at Second City. He had just opened that show. He directed that show. and then Tabitha is uh, works on the ships with Second City. like they go cruise ships, right? You go out and do these yeah She's kind of producing those shows now.
0: Yeah. you've done the cruise ships, right? I did it.
1: four months on the cruise ship. What's that like? Uh, we did a second city show. My wife, Kylie and I. Uh, did a show for four hi months. Kylie if you're listening yeah, yeah Kylie <laughs> listens to every show uh, she's giggling in the back or <laughs> get out of Bergie's house <laughs> uh, yeah it was pretty it was a great experience we, we went from uh, we, we started in Miami and our last day was in Seattle like we did we were then we were in the Caribbean for, for two months and we took we went to Panama Canal up Mexico California and then we did it up to Alaska and so we cruised everywhere uh, you do very – at that time, Second City only did one sketch show. We did two sketch shows in, on a Tuesday night, so back-to-back, same show. And then we did an improv show Thursday night in the bar Thursday show and then a Friday improv show. And then once a week, we were asked to do a workshop for passengers about improv and that kind of stuff. And that was it. And the rest of the time was downtime. Yeah.
0: What type of comedy is successful on these? Because you've got uh, – because what, what's the clientele, yeah. I guess? What are the – I swear. Can't, okay. And
1: the biggest thing at that time – it was two thousand ten, and there was like the Tea Party, right? Oh yeah. So there were actually Tea Party get-togethers on our ship. Wow. They'd have these, uh, you know, not my president, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you pretty much you if you had to swear, you could swear, but you better not make fun of God or the Republican Party.
0: Right. So it's mostly you know? Americans on the ship. Mostly Americans. So you it's couldn't do any American Canadian, you know, do Tim Hortons they joke get or something. It. No, they yeah. Get
1: that. So it's mostly Americans, and uh, yeah, they certainly did not want you want you being debated. Being a democrat yeah it was amazing because he had stand-up comics on the ship who were republicans and uh. when they were doing jokes against obama i was kind of like this must be ironic and i'm like no this is completely serious like wow. hey, do they do they're like check his birth certificate he didn't deserve this he doesn't <laughs> like there really were all these jokes that were just like holy cow like they really were not pleased that a democrat was in power and didn't like obama but yeah it was a very different environment Yeah. Mm. surprising yeah they yeah were,
0: With Second City, like, you still do some shows there from time to time. Like, you directed a show there, and you acted there for years.
1: Yeah, I I was on the main stage there for years and directed directed one of the main stage shows. Yeah, yeah. great.
0: I remember great cast you were in.
1: Yeah, great cast. Uh, Everyone's still working. Uh, uh, Paul Constable, who's the Canadian Tire guy. Yeah. He was uh, one of the guys, Matt Barham, who people would recognize. Yeah. Naomi Sneakers, very successful. Yeah, yeah. Paul Bates. Seed
0: and Mr. D, I think they're both in, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Bates. Naomi's
1: in her fifth season of Mr. D this summer. She'll be shooting another season of that. Wow. So go on. So like those, yeah, very good cast, very talented groups. know, yeah, Fun sure. stuff.
0: And yeah. yourself, I mean, you've done tons of stuff. I mean, I know you did you did an episode of The Listener.
1: Uh, I did an episode of The Listener uh, yeah. recently. Uh yeah. I played the uh, host of a cooking show, which was the which was the judges were the guys from uh uh i was a master chef.
0: master chef okay master chef canada Ma- okay
1: they were those guys uh <laughs> yeah which was an interesting experience but uh that was the i guess that was the last sort of big thing at ntv because uh, producing a lot of stuff last year took me out of auditioning and acting right
0: one. Yeah. well one of your acting roles that i have to ask yeah. you about one of my favorites yeah. and i think one of the first big parts i saw you in on yeah. on screen yeah. was harold and kumar yeah the officer original palumbo. officer yeah. palumbo yes ladies and gentlemen if you <laughs> if you don't know sandy was officer palumbo officer
1: palumbo in uh,
0: harassing poor, poor yeah. harold and kumar harold
1: and kumar yeah uh my buddies
0: dave and jim yeah. love that movie and yeah. you have that line where you you remember
1: oh saying what the good american name yeah oh dave and jim was that in there (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah, because you
0: say whatever happened to good american yeah good
1: american names well i you know that movie was amazing that was a lot of fun to do that obviously and uh it was cool because like i mean i i coined nph because i I, because my name with sjb it kind of made me think someone may improvising right because neil patrick harris is in the movie and i kept saying nph and they thought it was funny that i would always refer to him as nph rather than neil patrick harris because was the officer who loved him uh, and it was amazing Because then, then it became it took off NPH What would NPH do And all that shit Yeah I remember it being yeah. on the posters yeah, What would NPH one. do Or
0: NPH wouldn't do that man Or yeah. yeah yeah Because
1: NPH wouldn't do that was That line, was your man. line yeah. yeah
0: So you improvised that Yeah I was
1: improvised They just said You know they said just Rant about how much you loved. I said this guy's gotta love. New- It'd be hilarious if this guy just loves Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. <laughs> like he's <just, laughs> a super racist cop, fucking total asshole, but he loves Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, you stole yeah. every scene you were in, man. That was a fun, yeah. yeah. That was a good. It that was, was a great so experience. good. And we you know we went down to L.A. and the premiere was at Man's Chinese Theater, the old classic. And there was so many stars of the thing. It was really weird to be there because it uh, was my first Hollywood premiere. And, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty overwhelming. Was um, this two
0: thousand five or two thousand four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two thousand four. Yeah.
1: Yeah, came out in 2004. So I started going to L.A. after that and auditioning, and then I kind of didn't love being in L.A. I liked working, and I felt like I could work here a little more. Uh, but uh, it was a good experience for sure. Yeah, it was a huge experience. Um,
0: and Neil Patrick Harris, because like, people call him NPH now yeah. to this day. So yeah, maybe
1: was, you know maybe it was already in the zeitgeist. People yeah, are calling that, but uh, I put the first it out
0: person, there. I was the
1: first person to put on
0: the film. That movie was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you know when you were in it, when you guys were shooting it, or when you first read the script, like, did you – think hey this has the potential to be a huge stoner movie and it's just a fun comedy no, if you don't smoke weed but
1: no it's weird because i remember like when we when i first got the part and then subsequently like shooting it nothing felt big about it and there wasn't a big budget because the last day they asked me to come back to shoot the dream sequence where i'm like bull it's my only weakness right, and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and they actually asked me they That's asked a great line they asked me <laughs> if i would do it for for free they were like we're out of money or we have no money can you come back and do an extra day i, mean, I hope actors are not listening to this. But, <laughs> and uh, you know these guys are really great guys uh, and i said yeah i'll come back and so basically i shot that whole dream sequence stuff for nothing they had built up the stuff and and, and they they i think they like the initial theater i think it cost them eight million dollars to make that movie and then they made 20 ish million in the theater and then i made tons on dvd oh with like dvds and every pothead
0: and, owns it yeah, yeah.
1: It was big, but Greg Shapiro, who's a become a good friend of mine, and he was an awesome dude. Produced the movie. He went on to produce like Hurt Locker. He won an Oscar for Hurt Locker. He's produced. Oh wow. uh, He's produced a. a he's a. Uh, he produced um, a few other really. He's he kind of pushes to produce interesting movies too, right? So it's amazing he's gone. But when I mean, it's amazing he won the Oscar. After yeah, <laughs> yeah. Think Harold and Kumar is one genre, but then he's really kicks ass and doing other stuff. Yeah. Um. He. Uh. He. He was. Someone that you know was such a good guy, he convinced you like, "Hey, would you come work for free? I'll do it for free." Even yeah. It's... So he's very smart, and he was also very good at his job for sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you're good at your job, you know. They are yeah. lucky to have you, you're man. You're lucky to be. Here. I was upset when yeah. Gu- what what was it? Guantanamo Bay was the second one, and mm. no officer Palumbo. Well,
1: what happened was uh, you and I were at yeah. the New York yeah. uh, Comic Con. That's right. Yeah, when yeah. We were doing the panel for Guantanamo Bay, and you you were kind of saying maybe you should just go up and ask a question of the panel yeah well, <laughs> then, i know the fans would then have gone crazy that you're officer plumbo and i was jokingly thinking like maybe I'll walk up and go hey how come run the second movie but then I just have these envisions of how horribly wrong that could have gone. Could have gone, yeah. Like the sad actor <laughs> asking why he's not in the second movie. Yeah,
0: but, but you got enough other stuff going later, on that it's just like I think
1: like that kind of would have been a pretty funny moment. I and mean, when I texted yeah. Greg after, hey, I was there. He was like, "Why didn't you do it?" Yeah. But it was such a risk, and it was such a moment of like, I don't know. It was. It's in the moment. You yeah, that yeah. Was, then the uh, but they asked me to be in the third one, but they called and they said, uh, "Hey, listen, we're shooting the third one. We're in Michigan. Can you come over tomorrow and shoot a scene?" And I was like you got to have visas for that. You can't just go over across the border and yeah. she's seen. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess you're in a different country. And I was like, yeah. Uh, so they did ask oh, me to make a man. cameo in the third one, but it was like, it, it's not going to happen. Was that the
0: Christmas one?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, maybe no. if there's
0: a fourth one, yeah, I don't yeah. know.
1: Well, I, but but they shot it. But the thing is, they weren't even thinking, like, we're shooting in the States yeah. right there. But, yeah, I was like, I can't just come
0: across the Now, it was the first one. Parts of it were shot in Toronto, I think, Lots right? Lots of it. Yeah. 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 Majority
1: yeah. was shot in Toronto. Yeah. And then they went to New Jersey. Yeah and then they shot some in LA. Because there's no well.
0: White Castles in Toronto.
1: No. No. But they did shoot, I'd say they shot 75% of it in Toronto. Yeah. Which was cool. Like, it was a cool summer. Like all those people being here. Yeah. There was, there was one story I should tell from Harold and Kumar. Because I always said if I was talking to somebody about Harold and Kumar, if I was on a talk show, I would talk about this. And I, I, I never,
0: this is the next best thing. Yeah, it's the next best thing. So <laughs> the I, next I, better I thing. This long.
1: <laughs> but the one story I think is was really was funny was uh, so. We had a good relationship with Greg and the director, Danny Liner. So we were like, hey, why don't we? Uh, they said, why don't you come in and when we don't have actors who can be here, do their side of it off camera with uh, with Cal and, uh, and John. So because a lot of the actors weren't going to come to Toronto, they couldn't come to Toronto. So they would shoot one half of it here and they'd shoot the other half in LA and they would do it later. So they had the scene where, like, I was the fill in for Ryan Reynolds and I was filling for, like, I was, so I was fill in for uh, the one day I was filling in for uh, Anthony Anderson. Andrew- Andrew-
2: Anthony, Anthony, yeah, okay, the right yeah. Right.
1: I've had a beer or two. <laughs> uh, so he's uh, he, the scene he does is they drive up to the uh, the drive through. They ask for like a burger server, and he he's in the window of the drive through, and he tells them like there's a special sauce on your on your burger. Right, and, like, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they were like, "Can you fill in for Anthony?" And I was like, "Yeah, no problem." So I came for set, and I just stood in the drive through window, and those guys would drive. They do their bit, and then they drive around the corner, and mm-hmm. then they would just give me their lines. And usually, when you're off camera, you would just give back lines. Sure. So I was doing a bit of that, and then they were like, "You know, what? we just need like those guys to have a big reaction, and we're gonna put in Anthony. We're gonna let Anthony just rant." So when they come around the corner, uh, just say something. Just you're just gonna be like, say something racist. I'm saying something sexist. I'm saying something gross. I'm saying something. Uh, but I, well, they came around the corner, and I just did this crazy racist rant for like five minutes, and then <laughs> I got gross, and I started <laughs> screaming weird shit at them. And they're like, "Hey, cut, 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 cut!" And Cal and John's. That's the reaction in the movie is I'm going, what the fuck? Because I, I misunderstood. I, I'm supposed to just say, hey, I'm saying something racist now. Get the reaction. Hey, I'm saying yeah. something gross now. Get the reaction. I didn't know I, had, I, I, didn't know I was supposed to say that. I thought I was supposed to actually just improvise something terrible. <laughs> so I was improvising some horribly racist stuff, some really gross stuff. And their reactions were genuine because they were like, why the hell is this actor giving us these weird <laughs> – So they cut, they're like, you know what? We just wanted placeholders. So I wasn't supposed to actually say make up shit. So that was – it. I wish I had a recording. Like, well, I would probably be – yeah, people would never hire me again no. if they heard some of the stuff I was saying. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck, really? Oh, I was so embarrassed because the entire crew was like pale. It all gone to like, I think there was one guy who went to Skeleton. Was like, what the <laughs> hell is this guy saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, you were telling me one time when you were in LA, did you almost get recruited for Survivor? Did that?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got a had a meeting with uh, my manager down there, would send me to meetings with heads of comedy of different networks just mm-hmm. to see, like, hey, what do you got? What do you want to do? Yeah. But most of them were so disappointed that it wasn't a stand up. Like, you'd arrive, and the one guy, I remember, ABC guy, was like, the ABC guy, his office was uh, cowboy theme. Had cowboy boots on, and over his table uh, was a glass table, and in the table were like stuffed salmon, like going upstream. That was the theme of his table was like salmon in the stream, and his, every picture on the wall was outdoors and the range, and there was like a, a cow head. Like, okay, and you remember he just put his feet up in the table. And he was like, so what do you what's what's your take? What's your take on life? And I was kind of started started telling him what I'm into. He's like, you know, because like. Uh, I, I I discovered Tim Allen and uh I made a home improvement. So uh that's the kind of thing I need from you. Like what are you into? You know? Like he's a Detroit guy. And I like, oh, but right. that was so I went to CV, CBS, and CBS had a much different vibe. CBS was a really nice woman, I can't remember her name, but she was so nice and super like she was like cross legged on the couch, like super relaxed, asking me what I wanted to do and then at the end of the interview about comedy and what CBS was looking for. She's like she's like, uh, is there any is there uh, anything you want like from this meeting and I, I just go uh well tangible things I would love to have two tickets the price is right <laughs> and she was like okay I can do that amazing yeah and I was like great and then uh you didn't
0: say you know I you know love a series show. regular yeah oh yeah. he <laughs> said a
1: series but I was like give me two tickets as it's something I could I Dude, could have right I want to meet Bob Barker <laughs> two really tickets to price is right and then she uh then we are sitting and talking and then this assistant knocks on the door and goes but when you're done here, can you go down to so-and-so on whatever floor it's at? And I was like, okay. And uh, so we finished the meeting. I walked out. The guy's like, I'm going to contact you with this Price is Right tickets, but please go down and like, check this thing. So I walked down, and I'm uh, walking, and they're like, are you the guy that's – what's your name? Sandy. Okay, we saw you coming. Can you go in this boardroom? So I go in this boardroom, and, and the funny thing was I go in this boardroom, and there's about uh, up to, up, maybe up to 20 people sitting around a giant boardroom table, uh, and on the TV is the Price is Right playing. Uh, and they're not talking. No one's talking. And there's people that clearly know each other, but no one's talking. So imagine you go into a boardroom, prices rights on TV, low volume, 20 people, no one's talking. They're all kind of looking at you. Remember, there's a bunch of snacks on the table, people were kind of eating snacks and stuff, but no one was saying a word, not even past me, the, like grapes or whatever. It was just like, I'm not, no one's talking. And they're all like, kind of looking around, looking around, looking at each other. And I was like, and then they knock on the door and come in and go, you, you come with us. I had no idea what was going on. So you had uh, just
0: mentioned the Price is Right, just, yeah, and this no, was—you okay. said so the I'm magic words. Sitting there,
1: and an hour passes because Price is Right's over now. I can't remember what it came up, but that was over, and I'm sitting there, and I was just like, "This is—I don't know what the fuck's going on here." So no one's talked. An hour, no one's talked. I get up, I walk up in the hallway, and the woman's out there that's been pulling people out. I was like, "Excuse me, listen, I'm going to go. I don't know what this is." She goes, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, would you be interested in being on Survivor?" And I was like, uh, "No." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. Um, like, uh, could you stick around? Cause other things we're considering like for reality shows. This was like a weird reality show
0: incubator or something room. yeah but
1: they wanted to see how weird people, and they told him do not talk man that's crazy so they basically bring you from that room put yeah. you in another room and then i guess that she explained it to me we're gonna pick you another room and we'll see how you interact and how you talk to people but you cannot talk in that room if you go back in and i was like i really don't want to do this was
0: this big did did they do big brother too is that they cbs yeah so they, uh, they was probably Big brother
1: as well from that room and it was weird that whole but that survivor was like very strange
0: it's just people they'd Go through the hallways at CBS and say, "Oh, let me see who's no, in here." They saw me
1: walking by and thought it'd be interesting, but they they had people obviously come in who it was down to the final rounds. Like this was the end. This is like we're gonna find people. Well,
0: they like, thought you were racist. From yeah, they were like, "So sort of racist." <laughs> You'll be He's so good on the on, show. Uh, but that's how I was approached about
1: being at Survivor. But yeah. so like, I do not want to be
0: on Survivor. <laughs> oh man, that's that's good.
1: Yeah. So you I did go to Prices Right.
0: Did you win anything? I,
1: no. Well, you weren't allowed to win anything. It was Bob Barker hosting? You Why
0: weren't, weren't you allowed to win. to win?
1: Because you're a guest of CBS.
3: Um,
0: what was
1: great was my wife. That's is a huge rip off. Fan of Price is Right. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Price is Right. She's a huge fan of Price is Right. And they said, "Okay, come, we come with this." There was like four of us that were guests of CBS on the recording, which is great because you, you don't have to stand in line, massive line. People wait for hours to, you, you know, maybe not even get in. It's a tiny theater. And we're walking down the back hallway, and there's the wheel, and she like basically fell her knees. She was so excited that she was seeing the showcase show down the wheel. Yeah. And then I walked over and just was going to take a picture beside it. And I honestly put my hand on it and it just looked like it was going to fall apart. Like it was so (laughs) cheap. That was the the biggest thing that struck struck me about going to the Prices Right Live was how cheap all the sets are.
0: Crazy cheap. when you look behind the curtain and you see
1: it is, it's so cheap. Uh, Oz, you know? yeah, yeah. But we had great seats. We sat, we had the sticker, we had your name on it, and it looked like we could be picked. We weren't, we were three rows behind the showcase and they or the uh contestants laying there. Yeah, but Bob can't hear well, and it was like so they constantly you would say, Where are you guys from? and someone would go, Yo, UCLA, and then the guy who's <laughs> there's a an would go, You look and Bob, and you say, UCLA, Bob, go Bruins, <laughs> Where, are you guys, Navy or Air Force? He said, Navy, Bob. All right, get out there and you know, get in those ships. <laughs> he couldn't hear he, he so, like, ships. His hearing was gone, you know. Like, But uh, what a great experience to see a legend, Bob yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Game show legend. I love game shows, and it was like, that guy's a legend.
0: It yeah. would have been great to hear Sandy, Job, and Bevins yeah, know, come you know, on down. He's to get back. To get yeah.
1: there for sure. But they said, look, you can get in, pass the line, take awesome seats, but you cannot be in the barrel. Right, but, right. Well, I'll take the train.
0: Yeah, the barrel of names. That's what it is. It's a big barrel. Big barrel of names. Big barrel of names. Now, I know you've had, because I've had experiences performing where people get my name wrong. Well, I mean, I was telling the story when I went to Newfoundland, and they had the poster, and it said... The word bugler is performing tonight. I've seen the word bugular. Yeah, the yeah, you know, bugler. yeah, word burger. Like yeah. for some reason, it's it's people can't spell it right. But you've had a few.
1: I definitely had a few. I think people get your name wrong. Yeah, I think your your case is probably similar to mine, which is his name can't possibly be that. So I'm gonna just <laughs> go with what he's probably meant it to be. So they're like, yeah, burglar, he means bugler. But the, <laughs> I've, the, the, the worst one of all time, I used to do the Chicago Improv Festival every year, and do the Chicago Improv Festival, and it's like the third year. And I got there, and they, they had this press pack for me. And I was like, oh, yeah, and I took it. And I was like, what the fuck? My name was uh, Sandy Buentain. <laughs> That's no not even close. Sandy Buentain. Buhint- like, oh how would you, God, how did they Buhintain? spell that? B I. B, sorry, B-O-U-I-N-T-A-N. Sandy Buentain. Not even close. Not even close. But I was saying I was in Germany last year teaching, and they had Sandy Jordan Beavers. <laughs> Beavers. And it was like, it was this place called Wurzburg, Germany.
0: Wurzburg, yeah, you brought me the shirt. Wurzburg, yeah, right. yeah, that's right. So
1: they had these <laughs> signs where it would go from where the main people meet to where your class was, yeah. was teaching there. Okay. It was my name, Sandy Jordan Beavers, and there was an arrow pointing all the way across town. <laughs> And they were like, "We're gonna change it." So sorry, we're so embarrassed. They never changed it. They said they were changing
0: it. It's because you were from Canada, right? They They just just
1: assumed this guy clearly meant to say beavers. Yeah, that was pretty bad. My name is always (laughs) messed up. I had uh, one time this telemarketer called, and I basically was on the phone, and my my wife's sitting there, so I wanted to say it out loud, and I said, "I'm sorry, you're looking for Mr. Jordan Buttons." And she was like, uh, she on the phone realized her mistake and then wouldn't repeat it. So, yeah, what are you, who are you looking for? She started laughing at yeah, Jordan Buttons. Where do they get this? I don't know. I don't know where Buttons is. I don't know. Weird. People just
0: say, I don't know this word. I don't know this <laughs> name. I <didn't> say <laughs> I'm just going to say Buttons. <laughs> Jordan Buttons. <laughs> and it's uh, you're French, it's a French-Scottish combo? Jo-
1: jo- Jobin is uh, French and then Bevins is Welsh.
0: Jobin, Bevins. Yeah, Bevins. Yeah, yeah. Bevins is like... Be- super, yeah. Bevins is
1: like you go to Wales and you throw a rock, you hit an Evans or a or Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty pretty common Welsh name. Yeah, but that name gets fucked all the time in comical ways. And every time I'm at the airport, I'm always listening very closely because they'll get through like Naheem nazari but then they'll be and Joe Bibu. It's like, what the f-? It's kryptonite. That last name is kryptonite for people. They,
0: yeah. Did that happen when you were a kid, too? Do people get it wrong?
1: Uh oh yeah. 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 Not it's funny, it's increased in its uh complexity for yeah. people. I don't, I don't know see. why. When as a kid it wasn't as bad.
0: It kind of rolls off the tongue. It's Job a and nice, Beavins. yeah, Jobin Bevins. Sandy Jobin yeah, Bevins. There you works, go. You sound like you should be somebody. Should be yeah, not, <laughs> my name says I
1: should be somebody. I wish I could be somebody. But that but that's uh it's interesting. Yeah. People just it's difficult. People have a lot of difficulty with that last name. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of like a prank that they might pull, you might say, and yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of work in pranks, yeah, right? The pranks, you just prank finished because you just finished up working on a prank show, right? Yeah,
1: I've done. A, a, I stumbled into the prank world. It was two, <laughs> uh, two seasons of uh, the prank was on me. It's an
0: underground society. Yeah, it's tough <laughs> to <laughs> tough to get into two, the prank uh, seasons
1: world of uh, extreme babysitting. Did I just <laughs> blow your cover now? If yeah, people see you coming, case. they're like, yeah, "I'm, I'm on, on a prank show." are <laughs> a pranker, we did two seasons of extreme babysitting for YTV. Then I worked on. Well, technically, two seasons of Undercover uh, High because I did the sort of pitch package for it, and then I wrote this part of the second season. Now, what
0: what was Undercover High? I can guess. Two so babysitting if, is right. pranking babysitters. Yes,
1: Undercover High is pranking entire classrooms. That's right. Yeah, and so be an entire group, and then, of course, in the school, you want to you want to prank a classroom, not a kid. Otherwise, it's bullying. Like, you right, prank one right. kid in this gym class, and then that <laughs> led to uh, this past year. I did a show called called Fool Canada for CBC. It hasn't aired yet. I guess, but it was basically Will Sasso from uh, Mad TV. Right. A bunch of other people from Canada mixed in there. and uh, It's basically playing characters and fooling people in Canada that this person is real. There's no reveal. There's no like, hey, this guy's uh, crazy and there's the camera there and someone said, really? That's all off camera. So So... on camera, they go up and they talk to Will playing these different characters and then they just walk away going, what the hell was that? Or maybe believing but that was six months. We went from Halifax to Vancouver, all over the place. So that was a good gig. It was a lot of work. Any behind the prank stories you behind can share? Uh, it's funny. I' uh, trying to think of really one one that came to mind. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing. We went to Whistler and uh, a lot of money there, a lot of nice houses. And we had a guy, uh, Sam Calais, as a character, good old playing, Sam, playing a character, uh, going door to door. Uh, knocking doors and giving them the news. and One of them was, hey, you guys want to, you know, BC is all the gas pipeline. You get great news, you're going a gas pipeline that's going right through your yard. And we thought people would be like, come on, there's not going to be in my yard, and you know what? What are you talking about? And he used that kind of disappearing foam from the uh, World Cup. and He sprayed the lawn exactly, mapping out exactly where the pipe was going to go, and people lost fucking minds they were so angry they were not how oh, this is kind of funny angry one woman just yelled why would you do this to me <laughs> crying why would you do this to me God, it was actually she got so and then she actually got in her car and drove away so we had to like track her down and her husband basically said hey she'd be great you should go get her yeah and then apparently she basically said to her she wanted to kick her husband out of the house basically said I'm not even joking get the fuck out of that you asshole why would you do this to that went all wrong uh, and then the other joke was, oh, because uh, there's a lot of bears in the area, so it was going to be a bear easement, which was we're going to build a bridge over your house.
0: An easement?
1: Easement. To, so the bears won't go into your garbage. They'll go over your house on the bridge. Like They'll oh. easily go from one area of the oh, forest to ease- the other. So the sort of like they'll go over. And again, <laughs> one woman just lost her fucking mind. Like she believed there was going to be a bear bridge over her house. And she was like, well, I just moved here. I spent all this money and there's going to be a, no, fuck. And, and swearing like, fuck you. Get the fuck off my property and get your shit. So that was one where everything kind of went completely south. Like, we basically had to go back and really convince these people, hey, it's going to be for fun. We're not going to make you look like idiot." And in my opinion, those people don't look like idiots because they fought back. They, yeah. weren't, like, they weren't like, okay, you can put a gas line in my yard. Hmm. They legitimately were angry, as it should be. But that one definitely was like, oh, this is bad.
0: Were they the most sensitive? For, on, on a scale of one to five, yeah, what yeah. would be in, in Canada? Was there one... Province. I think like, it was I more think
1: Whistler, in particular. Not just province. Location was the most.
0: It most.
3: Yeah.
1: Because it was about their yards. And I guess they're really excited. Really yeah, sensitive about the yards. Thing about Toronto is funny. Is in Toronto you can do some really crazy shit. People just walk on by. Yeah. Like, pretend not to look, and they just sort of. So that's why I think when we do something, like we did the show in Halifax. People yeah. reacted. People in Halifax were like, "Okay, something's weird here, and I'm going to talk about it." Yeah. But uh, I think if we do more of the show, I'd love to go to you know Edmonton. Saskatoon. like awesome towns but yeah for people who give a shit <laughs> yeah and sometimes we get to be a bit too cool in toronto so we're like we can't we can't engage in this conversation or we can't look at that person being weird because we don't want to be involved yeah and they go to towns that give a shit about what's
0: and I guess Montreal's sort of off limits. That's like the just for laughs it territory. Is. The JFL <laughs> Gags prank. Gang is gonna—he <laughs> so much in
1: Montreal. I don't know how to go over the day to day life. That
0: show is crazy. Yeah. Like any time I turn it on, like they—they got people impersonating cops. Yeah. They've got yeah. <laughs> people throwing garbage out of windows on yeah,
1: other like people. Kind like of borderline dangerous shit. Yeah,
0: chainsaws and urinals. <laughs> Like a guy's taking a leak right. and then they smash through a wall. Somehow people Just for left.
1: How do you still fall for it in Montreal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should everything know. Everything weird is a prank. Like, you got to think it. It's just like Tony's, too many seasons, same actors. Yeah. Yeah, Montreal's kind of like we talked about it. We're like, we're not going to Montreal because it's, it's gag central. Well,
0: they'll run you out of town there. Yeah, the those, if, mafia, if they hear yeah. somebody else. The <laughs> JFL mafia will shut you down. Sure. No, you wouldn't,
1: you wouldn't want to uh, go there. No. It's saturated. Yeah. yeah.
0: So when is, it's called Prank Canada? <laughs> what is it called? Fool <laughs> Canada.
1: Fool <Full> Canada.
0: <laughs> I'm, on, I'm stuck on the pranks. <laughs> no, but
1: it's pretty funny you should say that. It yeah. reminds me of a story. We did uh, <laughs> We did a show. Well, it's called Full, Full Britannia's original in England. Uh makes more sense to the pun.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Fool Canada. But the other one, which, okay, here's the situation. Maybe we laugh laugh. We did the extreme babysitting. So extreme babysitting, we had these grandparents. We had a gag with his grandparents, and basically the babysitter accidentally puts the grandpa's... Uh, remote or not remote, uh like motor powered uh wheelchair through a wall. The grandpa goes right through a wall because <laughs> <babies laughs> poor but
0: grandpa the
1: woman, her name is Boots. She's an actor in Toronto her she goes by the name Boots. She's in her seventies, maybe a little older, not sure, but is this like her
0: rap name or her rap
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um no, she's her name's Boots, and anyway, she couldn't remember the name of the show. Could not remember the name of the show. And you know, at the end of the extreme babysitting, if anyone's ever watched it, I didn't see the finale. I missed it. <laughs> but at the very end of every episode, they say, Do "You know what this is?" And the babysitter is like, "I don't know." You're on extreme babysitting, and your dad set you up. Whoever set you up is the reveal of Yeah. Time. She cannot remember the name. Of it. She cannot remember the name of the show. So we were setting up the whole gag. We do the whole bit, and at the very end, okay, Boots, let her know. You know what this is? The babysitter says, "No, you're on." House of Pranks <laughs> <laughs> It was like oh fuck no no oh, I'm not boots called House of Pranks, <laughs> so House
0: of Pranks. <laughs> What is House of Pranks? Is that even a show? I
1: think it actually is a show, but if it's not, it's the best name. <laughs> House she... of Pranks. She's panicking me up That's
0: what she agreed to. You mean this isn't House of Pranks? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so you know, it's okay to call it Prank Canada. But it's Full Canada. Full you know, Canada. I believe it's gonna start in June. All the right. Second, last I heard was on CBD. If you like Will Sasso, yeah. Uh, he's fantastic on the show.
0: Love Will Sasso. Is he actually Canadian? Yeah, he's from BC. Yeah, because he played a Canadian on Justified. I don't know if right. you watched that yeah, show. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. He's from, he'll kill me for not knowing, but he's from BC. And it's, uh, there's good stuff in the show. I, yeah. I'm
0: going to tune in. Yeah. Prank fans, get ready. <laughs> prank <laughs>
1: that's what the cbc ad is prank fans, <laughs> get ready Full it's an untapped
0: market they're hungry you know they've been watching i mean oh, jfl gags has been on for years oh God, and so years
1: on. international hit yeah printing money it is it's true
0: you could watch it there's no language barrier yeah the
1: world you can go to uh to saudi arabia right now and it's on tv somewhere and that's not a lie it's on in every fucking country because there's no language yeah
0: it's brilliant they're like, the cops be on people in Canada. Boner cop. You see
1: that one? You <laughs> see that one? Doing a... It's a quality prank. He's top 10 a...
0: prank right there. at
1: the window of a car, and he's got a boner, and it's a boner in the face. I was like, oh, really? That's what we're doing now?
0: Did they make, did you have to study? Did they say study these pranks? Uh, are I there top 10? Lot...
1: 10... You watch a lot of JFL because then you rip them off. <laughs> you watch a lot of that and go, how can we make that prank work for like a uh, babysitter? But you don't want boner cop to be anywhere yeah. near a babysitter.
0: Yeah. So, with CBC, uh, what do you think? It might be another season. Don't know.
1: I know Will wants to do more, and people love it.
0: So Cool. And no one noticed him? Like, did people oh, yeah. say. Oh, there yeah. were people
1: who would be in full costume. Hey, Will Sasso. <laughs> and the worst is, like, <laughs> that you say that, and then you're trying to do, move on, and, like, he's trying to fool people. And people are walking up, like, can't can can get one photo. Can I get one photo, Will? Yeah. Come on, man. He's in the middle of doing his He's working now. Leave him alone. But, yeah, people, when they caught on, were really like, Excited to see him. Yeah. But people saw right through some of those disguises. They're like, well, yeah.
0: Now, after spending all this time on a prank show, do you, yeah. like, what to you makes a good prank? Is it the element of surprise? Mm-hmm. Is it the reaction from the person? Is it the setup? What-
1: the tough thing now is originality, right? Like, trying mm-hmm. to think of an original prank where you're actually like, oh, yeah. my God, that's a great idea. Because what makes a really good prank is always <laughs> the mark, the person who's engaged in it. Because yeah. a good mark talks it out what makes a good uh, prank is when the mark is like, uh, oh, okay, and then t- in full engagement, you know, like, I have to go over here, and you want me to do this, and the full believability, and or even freaking out on the person, but talking it out. I and mean, that's some of the funniest stuff on the show is when someone's enraged, and they're fully telling you why they're enraged, and you know, and it's that's talking. But a quiet mark is death. Like, that's when you're like, oh, God, it's
0: terrible. Yeah. You know. That's good. That's Yeah. You made me think a lot about pranks.
1: It's true though, right? Everybody loves a good prank. Yeah, it's sort of the universal. Prank, but it is the mark. Yeah. The person being pranked, it makes it or it breaks it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's true. Yeah, I'm kind of not in the prank scene. Yeah, but that's, okay. that's true.
1: <laughs> Look, I think I'm, I think I might be out of the prank scene too. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Done enough. It's but, you, uh, you've yeah. you've
0: seen it all. That's You're it, a little it, tired. It, There's really so done. many pranksters around. It's so yeah. many
1: pranks. <laughs> so many pranks. Fuck
0: yeah. Yeah. True. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I know you're in the comic book
1: scene. Yeah,
0: You're a comic yep. book specialist.
1: Comic book specialist. Uh, yeah, com- I mean, comics have always been a big part of my life. Uh, uh, I remember going to the, f- the first comic convention I ever went to in Toronto when I was probably 12 years old. Chekhov was the big guest. I remember that. And uh, The Star
0: Trek actor. Yeah. Not the Russian playwright.
1: No, not. <laughs> well done. Well done. No, uh, he was... But, yeah, I remember that Mike Zeck was the big artist. So oh, nice. Amazing
0: comic artist. Yeah. Captain America.
1: Yeah. Many great covers. Secret Wars.
0: Secret Wars, of course. Yeah, Yep. G.I. Yep. So met- Joe covers. Yep. He did some great G.I. Joe stuff. I met
1: Mike Zeck and was a kid, got his autograph. He autographed that Punisher miniseries for me. I was so excited. Nice. Uh, and But I remember that part of that convention and then also, hey, uh, you guys like X-Men? This guy came up. Hey, you guys like X-Men? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come with us. I'm like 12. I'm with my buddy. He's probably 12 or 13. We go down into the parking garage of the West End. This, these older guys, probably in their 20s, now when I was a kid, they are probably seemed much older. But they're 20, they pop the trunk of their car and it's just fucking full of X Men comic books. Like, uh, And they're like, you know, two bucks, three bucks each. And we're just buying X Men comics. Clearly, they stole them. Yeah. <laughs> but I was so terrified not to buy something yeah. at that point. I just picked up handfuls of these. I bought, like, 20 of these comic books. And they were, like, really big X-Men. They were like yeah. like around 100. They were new, they the new X-Men. They was like, the whole – pretty much the whole Phoenix, the whole – all that stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. But I bought for, like, 2 bucks each. And I remember years later selling them on eBay for, like, way, way, obviously more than that. Well,
0: those are probably the shape. Shape. best X-Men. I mean, I would, I, say, I would say, so say the so Claremont Byrne stuff is yeah, probably, probably the best. Yeah, the best. And that was the
1: era I was kind of – yeah. Reading and you know. But that was, that's my memories of my first comic convention, big comic convention in Toronto was the, was those two guys. X Men. Hot X Men comic books. Out of the back yeah. of a
0: car. That's
1: John Byrne, though, man. He was huge at that time. That was, yeah. His, all his art, all his Alpha Flight and uh, obviously Fantastic Four and all that stuff. That was the big, he was the, he was the artist. He
0: was the eight. Byrne was the 80s in Byrne. That's, you know. Huge. That's it. I mean,
1: and I still, when I see those Fantastic Fours, I'm like, oh, so it's, you get so chills. Different. Yeah. It's nostalgic.
0: Do you have a favorite run of Marvel?
1: Uh or
0: DC or anything? I know, because you went back. Yeah. Didn't you reread? I remember yeah, you tell me- I
1: reread from beginning to end the original Captain America, the original From Avengers. issue one. Yeah.
0: So we're talking 1960s. Yeah, the
1: original back read them all. I did yeah. uh I did Captain America, Daredevil, uh, I did uh Spider-Man, uh Fantastic Four, I Avengers. I I did six, the Iron Man, and then I was gonna do Hulk, and then I was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I was like, Cause you, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to track it down and read them all and, and to stop it from beginning and it's, it's fascinating. What were you doing? Were you getting
0: the collections or just uh, miscellaneous? I
1: did, the, I did the essentials to a point mm-hmm. and then I, like Fantastic Four, I bought from 100 up. So I did the essentials up to 100 and then from there I had every original issue. Adventure is about the same. So I bought, I, I paid some money for some ones that were really to read uh, because the thing is it was like a time capsule. Like So when you when you could buy the issues, you also got the ads from that time. Yeah. You really got what was going on It was interesting to read. Uh, At the same time, I would do like Captain America. uh, At the same time, I do Avengers. Whatever. So when you read them, like in the same. You get the crossovers.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Stan uh, Lee was doing so much, and you had the letters page, and the fandom at Marvel was at such huge. Yeah, at that in the sixties, that's when it was really just starting to catch on fire.
1: Yeah, funny. I uh, yeah, we were talking because I was at a a wedding in Utah uh, last year, and we met this guy who was. It's a long story, but. This guy was essentially the uh, Don Draper, like the actual Don Draper. Like this guy was a guy who worked at Madison Avenue. And and he was this guy. And anyway, long story short, he's, he would say, I put advertising in Marvel. I said, you have these kids reading your comic book and you've got toys out there. Why aren't you guys together? That was his big thing. Is I put Marvel and toys together. (laughs) Stan Lee and said you've got to have toys. That was like his big thing. It was push advertising. He He was well talk about. He's a futurist. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, way back, and you know, he was the classic. This guy was an old like advertising guy from New York. Yeah, yeah. To hear him say that, that he was like, I was the guy that put the advertising, the toys in. What an awesome claim. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But How? who's the guy who put the
0: Twinkie ads in who did Marvel? That? Oh, that
1: was a great. Or did the Twinkie comic books. Yeah. The were fucking, oh my God. The stories were hilarious.
0: For those listening who don't know, old Marvel comics used to have, have were famous for having these Twinkies ads yeah. where the Hulk would stop a bunch of guys trying to steal Twinkies. Yeah. Spider Man. Spider Man, yeah, everybody. American take your care. Yeah. Take your pick. Yeah. Everybody yeah, yeah, liked Twinkies. They all Twinkies. the, old, the
1: old, <laughs> trying to stop Twinkies. Uh, I, what's the, um? uh was uh, Barry and uh, Dr. J. Where they were they the Spalding basketball ads? Where they'd walk oh, by the yeah, basketball yeah. court and be like, "No, hold on a second, let me see that ball." You yeah. know, like just <laughs> <laughs> And from way down, it's, oh, I love those ads too. Yeah. The Spalding, of course, all the O.J. Simpson ads, but the uh, but yeah, there were that Spalding basketball ad was in there a long time. That's how. You, that's actually how you know the era of the comics is. You turn it over in the back. And if it was an advertisement for Atari, you knew it was that era. Right. If it was an advertisement for Spaulding Basketball, you knew it was that era. Or yeah. Twinkies and An Simon. album. I think and there now, were Meatloaf
0: advertised yeah. a lot. I remember when I was getting my early. Like, to Hell? Kind of yeah, it was. It was like, uh, there was a comic back cover okay. of Meatloaf's record. Probably this would have been like late 80s. And I remember it was on the yeah. back cover of every Marvel comic one on summer. One. Yeah. yeah, so you'd um, see Hubba Bubba, they're big uh, yeah, with Bubba. the, the mum holding up the pack yeah. of. That gum was that was in every issue. Uh, to think what else is That's a whole thing. Comics, famous, most famous ads. Like what
1: was the one? That was like the Egyptian uh, themed uh, video game. It was an Egyptian theme. Oh yeah, for Atari or yeah, something, it was or ColecoVision. Back so many comics were so. Yeah. The whole summer of like a really good summer of like comics was. they were like just that. like put us on everything. That that ad was on every back we're, of everything, and uh, we're
0: buying it all, even New Universe. Oh, God,
1: what it? yeah, it like, even New. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care, whatever you got. The uh, what the hell was the? I'm trying to think about uh, some of the classics.
0: <laughs> what was that game though? Nobody knows that Egyptian game. I remember it was Egyptian theme. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know,
1: about. you should be. You'll. I want these people to email you. Yes, no,
0: email you. me weekend at burgies at gmail dot com. You dig in your
1: comics, yeah. you'll find it. It was the '80s for what sure. What was that game? Yeah, the Egyptian theme. I
0: certainly never played it. No, I
1: never. I never had Atari.
0: At didn't work on no. me. I was. I looked at the ads, It Didn't act. Didn't, didn't sell the game. That guy. That was you. Got to tell that guy. He's like, you sold the ads, but.
1: Yeah, what was it? What was, it? What was the <laughs> other one that, that was like? Big grit or little grit? Remember those, like you know, what i to talking about? Yeah, yeah, 70s. yeah. What was that? It was selling papers, was 70s, right? Yeah. Grit was you, selling something a paper. Grit or true, not true grit, but something. Gr- it, was, maybe it, was, maybe it was Grit, like grit. G R I T, and it was, grit.
0: G-R-I-T. It was, and it was sell grit. grit.
1: Grit was a magazine for boys or something. And if you sold a certain amount, you would get a certain prize. And my brother did it. My brother did grit, and he did no, he did yeah. It was anyway. My brother did it because I remember my brother, the prize he wanted. Was the you know those like the belt the change thing you put on your belt at, like the old classic A and W? It was like you know you, you push the button and then like, out oh, comes quarters or oh yeah uh, yeah yeah you're all those
0: sections <laughs> <laughs> he wanted that because everyone wants to carry everybody all, wants to carry around yeah. tons of quarters of all
1: the things he wanted <laughs> he wanted that because he also had a paper route so when he <laughs> <laughs> wanted to the collect there you his go.
0: Money, go that's yeah. perfect or if you go yeah, to the arcade you're just grit. everybody yeah. God.
1: <laughs> like what you could get in Grit that was great man and then
0: all those ads in the back of the magazine fart gum <laughs> yeah all the
1: classics the x-ray glasses also. dirty soap yeah dirty that's right 25 cents yeah the spicy yeah, the, the, x-ray like, specs the, the hot gum the one, or the fly in the the ice cube yeah uh, but the uh, <laughs> but you really yeah that's you could tell an era of comic books by the ad on the back of the, of the comic book that's, yeah that's the point where you and I totally are to yes here. yeah uh, we're
0: just taking it we taking it in yeah. Yeah. Comics in the weekend—they go together, yeah, they you know. Go, they go perfectly, yeah. like mustard on a sandwich. It is, it's a, you it is need
1: mustard. You need the mustard. <laughs> it's funny. That is that is the, that is the era. but yeah. You see that? You see those ads? that can bring back memories of like oh yeah. that was the era yeah think asteroids in the back where the hell yeah it
0: was Our cartoons i remember they would be like the saturday morning showcase and oh, yeah, like whatever right. cartoons were coming up inside, like yeah
1: page spread of what is saturday morning mr 90,
0: t's 80, cartoon
1: 80. and mr t man any of that that sort of gym uh, that gym kids the kids who did gymnastics his the, team. Them gym tea. kids. You know them gym it, kids. And he'd hang out with these gym kids, uh, <laughs> and they would do gym gymnastics and shit. They did gym things. That was Mr. T's kind of thing. It's a
0: gym-based cartoon.
1: That's kind of what I think is the, the Mike Tyson cartoon on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. So I've heard... I feel it has that it has a real clear vibe of. I feel it makes me always think of Mr. T and the GM Kids, but uh, <laughs> what the hell they're called? Someone else will probably know what <laughs> That called. was a better name than the Mike Tyson thing. They should have called that. that. Yeah, yeah. got to um, watch that.
0: So of those Marvel, yeah. of all yeah. those that you read, is yeah. there one that you like better, like the Avengers or Spidey or
1: Spider-Man? Was always probably yeah. Like from when I was a kid, that was the one you, you just loved. Spider-Man yeah, was so good.
0: But, but when th- you went back to reread them all, what oh, was what kind
1: America. of well, stood Captain up? Captain America. Cap- really, Captain America is fascinating because of the patriotism
3: in it. Mm, and yeah.
1: Not, yeah. And then all the jobs he had, like he was a cop. He was a like, he was a comic yeah. artist. <laughs> he was a comic artist. <laughs> the they never he they
0: never mention that now. Yeah, no. It you really should write weird. the movies he now. was but an like
1: artist, and yeah. then he was like a cop, and then like all the things. He was interesting. I I found it. And then when Falcon comes in, and I think Captain America was probably, yeah, that was the one that was most interesting. That was the most like a time capsule. Yeah. It's like the era he's in. He's in like Captain America during Vietnam and like all the shit that's going on in the world and he's got to stand up for it. And, you know, I mean, Daredevil is really good too. I recommend that one from start to finish. Yeah, great. Cool. I mean, Avengers, it gets weird at times.
0: It's hard to read. I mean, I've read a lot of the early ones. I've gone through a lot of the essentials. I think like early Daredevils I don't know as well but Spidey's always been my favorite I think Spidey and FF are kind of I think from the early Marvels the two that when I go back and reread like whether it's the Galactus stuff and Fantastic Four or you know the Spidey stuff like the stuff on campus and obviously like the death of Gwen and and all like the early they still hold up and they're really really good comics the Cap stuff I don't know as well actually like that early I mean
1: it's interesting
0: Um, I've read a lot of the 70s Captain America and then up from that and then when it gets it's crazy and it's so political, yeah, right? There's... It's very political. Yeah.
1: Um, Power Man and Iron Fist was a great one. Yeah, I read that yeah. One too. I worked at a filing job in a basement on uh, like uh, University in Bloor. And what I would do is I'd go through. i go through a box. Basically, I'd go through boxes, and if any file because they had just moved it, like it was basically it was like Raiders of Lost Ark, like just boxes. Amazing. Like, as far yeah. as you could see in this basement. Open a box, go through the files. If the files were past a certain age tear them apart and put them in recycling. If they were okay, you keep them. So it was so mundane. So every 10 boxes, I'd read one Power Man and Iron Fist. And I actually was successfully able to go through the 127 issues of that thing. Amazing. on that job.
0: So Sabretooth first appearance That's was right. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: good. I mean, I love Larry Hama worked on and it. And Iron Fist dies. Like, yeah. that's the crazy thing. Iron dies. Of course, he goes back. But I mean, in yeah. the series, he dies. Uh, Larry Hama, another G.I. Joe favorite. Yeah. Our, our favorite. Our G. old Joe. pal. <laughs> we should tell this story to all people. All right. Yeah. So, Larry Hama comes to Toronto, and we're both fans of G.I. Joe. Burgie's a big fan of G.I. Joe. I love the comic book. I love the, I, the action figures all yeah. too. Larry is like a hero. To he's the god. He's the man. Yes. Yeah. So, he comes to Silver Snail in Toronto. He's signing, and I said, you know, hey, why don't we get him Takes take us to Second City when I was. I was I was on stage there but I was yeah. I came in and guest at improvised. That's right. Yeah. Larry Hammock came down And you and, and Yeah sword. I think I
0: went out to dinner With Larry And yeah. the owner of the snail Yeah And Ron we, we, Ron Van yeah. Leeuwen yeah. Who I'm really trying To get on this show Because I know He's got some good stories That'd be interesting Yeah It'd be really good But uh, yeah. So we go to Second so City we go to Second
1: City And we do the improv set And uh, he has a great time And we meet him And he's excited To be there And
0: Well we did, For you Just when Sandy Was performing For the listeners at home Like yeah. Sandy got introduced yeah. Or is that what You were leading to Yeah, yeah. let do a fake credit Yeah yeah, the do. fake credit, you yeah. always
1: do a fake credit. So, I know I always do a fake credit where so they'd say, Hey, Sandy's on Life with Poise, he's on Deal with It, and also, and then something fake. And The fake one that night was he was the voice of Snake Eyes, which would be right. a
0: huge joke but for GI G. Joe I fans. Know. Get he it, yeah. If you talk. don't get it, you're not one of us. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. So, we're
1: all pals, we're all going good. And then, uh, cut to the New York Comic, uh, uh Comic Convention that year. Was it the same year? Should, yeah, maybe like a me, year later, probably it's close, it was, not, it was not close, yeah. We go down to New York, and uh, Sean and I are look, walking around. And we're like, "Hey, is Larry?" And he's over looking at swords. It's like a samurai sword display, and he's looking at swords. And we walk over, and we're like, "Hey, Larry, how's it do? How you doing? How's it going?" And he seemingly has no recollection who the fuck we are. Yeah. And he's holding a samurai sword, and I'm thinking, if that thing comes out of the the sheath, he's gonna have to kill us because he has to, <laughs> or one of us anyway. He has to get blood, or that sword can't go back in. Yeah. And he looked at us like he. Might have, killed yeah. Us. But he never really looked like he ever clued in. Even when we were saying, "Hey, remember we did the show and you came to the show and you know who we are," Yeah. he never really seemed to actually clue in who we were. Yeah, and it was kind of terrifying. Yeah, yeah. He meets so many people. I mean,
0: when you're Cloudy. in that position, yeah. I mean, you know how it is. It must like when you probably saw Chekhov back at the Comic Con. I mean, I can't remember your
1: name. <laughs> uh But no, he couldn't. Re- oh man, it's so funny. It's so funny. He's holding that sword, looking at us. Yeah. Like, who are you, fucking yeah. guys? Yeah. Oh, Larry. Larry Hammond, man.
0: Yeah. You know, he's still yeah. writing comics. He's actually, they're bringing him on to DC. And, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, he's doing, I think he's doing a Batman comic coming Holy up. Oh shit, but, really? uh, Yeah, cool. yeah. And he's still writing G.I. Joe. He's continuing it. Killing exactly. Snake Eyes. Amazing. Listeners, yeah, we're spoiling everything yeah. tonight. But you're still reading comics. Like, you like yeah. some of the Kirkman stuff.
1: Yeah, the Kirkman stuff. I mean, everyone's obviously read Walking Dead and Invincible. Invincible continues to be great. It's so good, yeah. Uh, I like the outcast. yeah. I yeah, that was really good.
0: That's Kirkman uh, as well yeah, for people Kirkman. at home.
1: Um, no, the last, the last little bit I read uh, Black Science was really great. Yeah, and uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, but Sweet Tooth, another great series. Oh uh, yeah, Jeff Locky, Lemire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, A friend of mine, Dwayne Murray, has the rights to do uh, Jeff Lemire's. Uh, what's the one on the farm? Essex uh, County. Yeah, he's got the rights to the movie of Essex County. Really? Maybe I shouldn't be revealing that. Oh. Had it for years, and he's big fan of. Uh, he needs to get on that. Big then. fan of Essex County, and uh, I remember years and years back, Dwayne for my birthday gave me an autographed book, Essex County book. That's so he's cool. kind of he's been a fan for a long, yeah. long time. Um, a, lot, a lot of great series, but I still would keep up. It's just it got to the point I couldn't go every Wednesday and buy thirty comic books, and then you know a month in you're like Jesus, I got a hundred books to read here. Yeah. I, I'm doing it like I'm doing it like a labor rather than a labor of love. You're yeah. reading it and going, "This is my job now to read all these comics." Yeah. books. and it got to the point where I was like, "I don't even know what's going on in half these books." Or you know, no. yeah. yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So you love comics, you love sports. Yeah. Now, so with the sports thing, because we yeah. touched on it briefly, yeah. but NHL you, awards. yeah, you were doing the NHL awards, but yeah. you also did some camps, right? You're we doing did this some camp. baseball yeah. and hockey, yeah.
1: So, with Second City, they've been hired. Major League Baseball does a rookie camp every year. They, every team sends their top three or four rookies who they, who they think will be breaking in this year and be a full time job uh, to this camp in the States. And then we go and we teach them for a week uh, things like media training and how to deal with other people. So, you know, we do scenes, we do sort of serious scenes, like uh, about things like uh, domestic violence, but we also do more, you know, lighter scenes about like who gets to play the music in the clubhouse. And the rookies give their feedback, and then we do an improv show. We entertain them as well. We also talk to them a lot about what they do. And and, uh, we've had some guys who've gone on to be all-stars in that whole
0: thing. Yeah, and this is is designed so that these rookies get sort of a good – it's a good way of giving them the information to sort of stabilize
1: them. Well, the Players Association is giving out information about, like, business and – Steroids, what, what drugs you can and supplements you can and cannot do. What what's good business practices sure. and what, and then we do scenes to solidify it. Because with humor, you kind of get the kids laughing and then they kind of they get they kind of retain it a little better. Yeah, uh, it's funny because they weren't they learn things like empathy for the first time in their entire life. So <laughs> at age nineteen or twenty, they're like, oh, they're so excited to hear the word empathy and they can't stop saying the word empathy because they finally learn what that means. You know, and
0: so well because a lo- in a lot of cases. I mean, we know like. Yeah they're so dedicated to playing sports especially through you know their yeah. teenage years yeah, that you don't they don't really they may not have that much access you don't know how balanced they are to other stuff not no, everybody not. is like steve nash or something no, you know there's, who's there's, if there's, i may i'm sharper, big steve nash fan yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's,
1: a, there's there's a sharp, there's uh there's a lot of really sharp guys to come to the camp but there are also a lot of really green guys. yeah who are from very small towns in america who only play baseball and now we started doing it with the nhl as well so we do the hockey camp as well every um,
0: and using comedy as a vehicle to, to educate them. Yeah, I, I mean, the it's brilliant. Then, yeah, yeah. they
1: listen, and they kind of get into it. And, you know, it's like, so, there, so the scene has a point, but at the same time, there'll be some good laughs in it. You know, The over-aggressive uncle who wants to sell them a bad investment idea, that kind of stuff <laughs> is, you know, is comical. But you yeah, still get the point that you don't want to invest your money in a shitty project because you know
0: the guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh know a lot of great players who have come out of there, and the amazing thing is like my first year doing the camp, it was like Jose Batista and Russell Martin, Guys, who – it's funny because guys now. Uh, okay, that's
0: crazy. Hang on, you yeah. taught Jose B-
1: Bautista. Yeah, guy who, who was the Pirates. Are you the line, improvised? It's so Bobby. crazy. But yeah, the thing is, the, I was looking back at that year. That year, what I was think, he like? We got you can't just gla- you can't glaze over. He that. was really quiet. He really was quiet. He honestly was, and I can't glaze it. <laughs> but here, I'll tell you the pitching. I'll tell you the pitchers that were at that camp. That one year was like uh Verlander and like James Shields and like Jared Weaver. They had a, Felix Hernandez, like. They had a Cy Young rotation at that one camp. So they have rookie years. But it's, it's funny because when I look back now, almost all those guys are on the other side of their career and guys are retiring and guys are leaving the game. It's like, man, they were rookies at that time. And in my, in my mind, 10 years ago in a comedy world, you can be a comedian for a lot longer than you can yeah, be a comedian. Yeah, yeah. You know? So in my mind, it's like, holy shit, these guys are at the end of their career in 10 years. We're, we're in the middle of our career. You're exactly,
0: yeah, just guys. going, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But no, those guys, he, he was pretty, he was, uh, trying to think of memorable Blue Jays. Uh, Adam Lynn was a character, for sure. Wow. Adam Lynn, we And there's
0: a guy who I feel like has yeah. been with the Jays forever. Well, he's not he's anymore, gone, but, but yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, he was a character, for sure. And, and this What did year,
0: he do? Like, he was just...
1: Well, there was a scene... Yeah, basically what we do is every year we do a thing where here's half the scene. Now, you guys write the ending. So yeah. I always get the American League East being a Jays fan. And so the American League East had to write the end of the scene. And he said... And I'm gonna put a Wedding Crashers quote in there. That's gonna be hilarious. I'm like, what's gonna be? He goes, nah, nah. nah. I'm gonna tell you guys. Gonna make you guys laugh. He's a, a big be- Wedding Crashers you- fan. Apparently, he was a big.
0: Wedding <laughs> you heard it here, so he do- Adam Lynn. So he was like, I'm
1: gonna do this Wedding Crashers uh, quote. Oh, I wonder. Casey wondering. Jansen was there that year. I remember Casey Jansen being like, oh, like he just sort of was like, because Casey's a little more serious, dude. But they get up, and the- so the ending of the scene is gonna be Adam just yells a-, a-, a Wedding Crashers quote to end the scene. So we get up. And the scene was all about if you're in a batting slump, you're a rookie, you're in a slump, and a veteran wants to give you advice, take the advice. Don't tell him to go fuck off. And so, yeah. End of the scene, everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing. Like Adam Lin gives us, he just stood there. <laughs> so the fucking <laughs> lights go down, the scene ends on silence. I was like, "Where's the quote, man?" I thought he was, like, he was gonna say the just the tip or nothing, the, the, the quote, no quote. And I'm like, "Where was the quote, man?" He's like, "Couldn't think of anything." I'm like, "You have to plan it. <laughs> like, you gotta know the line. If you just told me, I could have helped you." See, that's why he got into baseball. That's why he that's got into, your, yeah, exactly. you got into a comedy. Nice guy yeah, was like, "Dude, where were you?" Wow, mm-hmm. Justin Verlander. That's wild. So those guys are all, yeah, yeah. So a lot of talent, a lot of you know. But there's also a lot of guys you never hear from again.
0: Yeah. yeah. But you've kept up some relationships with some of these yeah. connections yeah yeah
1: we had well the Royals are a big connection yeah uh,
0: well yeah I talked yeah. about it on the show before. some yeah. people may remember I meeting Jeremy Guthrie
1: was because of you. you yeah. hooked me
0: up and got tickets to that game. Yeah. This was almost a year ago actually
1: that was yes, May. So they had this weird so what happened was uh, Mike Swanson who's uh, part of the uh, of the the machine, the executive machine at the Royals he worked he was teaching the camp we kind of met up. he came to Toronto for his birthday. And I got him tickets to Second City, and then he got tickets to the Royals. But he got batting practice tickets, field level access, and all that stuff. And I invited yourself. He came down. It was, thank and, you uh, once it was again. Awesome.
0: That was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. amazing, right? And yeah, he's
1: a great guy. Swanee's a good guy. But Guthrie was a guy I knew Jeremy Guthrie because years ago, I had had a lot of friends at the Royal, uh, the uh, Orioles organizations. when he was at Oriole. I knew him from way back. So he came over and was hanging out. But Guthrie's a huge fan of the arts, so. He got a second city a bunch. Yeah, I remember he was talking about he, Jersey Boys. Oh, he, he brought, like, the cast of Jersey Boys to see the game, <laughs> and he loves, loves seeing the show. That's
0: all he wanted to talk to me about, Jersey Boys. I'm sorry, I haven't seen <laughs> I don't know Jersey Boys. I'm Sorry, All he wants to talk about is Jersey Boys.
1: Jeremy Guthrie wants to talk about Jersey Boys? <laughs> like You're shoe, one of the best, best b- pitchers
0: in baseball right now. Well, then it was a big deal because yeah.
1: what happened was, uh, at that time, the uh, Jays were kind of doing all right. and They the, were on a winning streak, nine-game winning streak. Terrible. Yeah. And uh, as Swanee, who, Mike Swanson got his ticket, said, Know, the thing, I said, these guys, are, these guys are hitting pretty well in batting practice. He said, you know when they stop hitting? The first inning. <laughs> so like he really was shitting. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember. Yeah. just I can't. And then ninth inning, Jays are up one. Ball goes to Jose Reyes. Two outs. throws to, go to Throw to first. Game's over. He double clutches. Throws away from Adam Lind. Yeah. Doesn't get the ball. They rally, and they win in extras. And the Royals go on a streak where I can't remember it now but basically they won the next 15 of the next 20. Years. They did
0: crazy. They had I yeah. think one of the best records they've had since the 80s yeah. and then of course went the to Jays, the World Series. Yeah. The Jays yeah.
1: tanked. Yeah. Jays tanked went like 500.
0: That's when they they started yeah. going down cuz April and May last yeah. year for the Jays was amazing. great, yeah.
1: But the yeah, the Royals won won 15 of the next 20 and then just continued to win and an amazing second yeah. half, one of the best second halves in baseball. And almost won the World Series. Yeah. And But they kept joking that if they won, they were going to send a share to Jose Reyes because that <laughs> moment changed everything. Changed, well, yeah.
0: I remember shaking Jeremy Guthrie's hand and then thinking all year, well, I gave him that good you, luck. You gave him that good luck. <laughs> I, did. Yeah, I, I turned you the tide. You were
1: like, we killed the Jays. Killed the Royals. <laughs> I felt really bad about that. But but the Royals but... are a great organization. Yeah. I, I've hated them I've hated them since 1985, and they broke my heart when they beat the Jays in the uh, American League East. We were up 3-1, and they came all the way back and won. It broke my heart crying. <sighs> I was a crying 13-year-old. Yeah. But then this year kind of was like, oh, all right, I guess I got to kind of like the Royals because of this whole thing. But I really, man, took that took like 30 years to like the Royals again. They they lost the World Series. Yeah, it was they hard. I thought they were going all the way. Mm-hmm. But
0: uh, I don't know. Maybe we can get Jeremy Guthrie feet. to come play for the Jays, right? 90 that...
1: feet from a World Series. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Guthrie and the Jays would be great. Well, we got
0: a good art scene here. He can take they in all it his here.
1: musical he theater. Probably and probably love New York you know, <laughs> more than
0: anything. But yeah. yeah. Toronto, okay. You know? Yeah, you got to pick this year. Just Uh, as baseball's starting to Mm. kick off,
1: well, I mean, baseball's coming up, and uh, American League East is pretty wide open. I think the Red Sox are probably the favorite. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I feel like the Orioles' luck has to run out. Tampa Bay is a shit show. I mean, Toronto's injuries, obviously. New York has a lot of old guys, but if New York's old guys don't get hurt, yeah, they could be really they could be a threat. Yeah, they got they got Carlos Beltran, they got Teixeira, they got Ellsbury, they got A Rod. Old guys, if they can stay healthy. Could do okay. Maybe yeah. On Sabathia, not a great bunch of pitching, but they could surprise But The Red Sox, I think it's theirs to lose. Yeah. Now, overall on baseball, what do you think overall?
0: <laughs> Nationals are looking pretty good.
1: They are. But, I'd like uh, to see
0: Pittsburgh and, do it, like, pull out a... The last couple of years, the Pirates have seemed like they were going to do something, and then never really came I'd like through. To see it. like McCutcheon's crazy. The players he loves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. great.
1: I'd mm, yeah, love to see that. Uh, we, uh... Yeah, I love to see that. I mean, I don't know. We
0: it's not the ter- it's not the Blue Jays year though. I don't think so. No. I don't
1: think so. We just got to try to make the playoffs. It's about the best they can
0: hope for. Now, with your connections inside baseball and yeah. everything, is, are the rumors about the Expos are they getting more real? Like return of the Expos? Is it that going to happen?
1: Seem to be getting more real. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, I don't. Think Think I think there's going to be two football teams in LA before there's a team in Montreal. <sighs> That's that will be my yeah that will be my prediction that I think is going to be correct.
0: Because it was it was it not the Marlins? Somebody was looking at maybe moving to Montreal. Uh
1: yeah. Um. I thought it was one of the Florida teams. There was but, a rumor Tampa Bay. Yeah, Florida, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Montreal. There's a lot of rumors about yeah. the movement,
0: but uh, no, I they think, need a new stadium because Big O. They could need not a new stadium,
1: which is like you know like in LA they're building a football stadium now and they're saying it's going to be for two teams. So it's so I think there's a better chance that
0: two teams wait two teams play. will play in one stadium. If
1: they want two teams in L.A. is the rumor. This new stadium they've revealed uh, will hold two teams. Yeah, that's that's a real thing. There's no football. There's no NFL team in L.A. It's crazy. Yeah, well,
0: you think there's Oakland and uh, yeah, Oakland left. The Rams yeah, left. Yeah, they,
1: they have they have a massive market there, and they have no two, they have no teams, and it's just waiting. And everybody, everyone.
0: Yeah, because they seem to support hockey really well. Like the Kings, yeah. people are crazy about the Kings are over crazy there. The Kings, yeah,
1: like basketball. They're like yeah, in basketball. I think there's a there's a good chance that's going to happen. Yeah. So if you want to, my prediction.
0: All right, be, you heard like, it here say, first, yeah, folks.
1: Like two teams in L.A. for just four. There's a team baseball team in Montreal.
0: There you go. That's what's next. That's what's next. Yeah. That's what's next. Now, yeah. what's next for you? So you've got the prank show uh, is going to be coming. Pran- up. It's all
1: pranks all the time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was funny. We, I was saying we, you know, we didn't even touch on deal with it. Oh no, deal I of hosted. course. It's a, yeah, host to deal with it. So that was yeah. You're just so busy. Mark you got Rush. so
0: much stuff. Well, to deal with it. What was? How did deal you with deal with was, that?
1: Yeah, how did it go with that? How did you deal with it? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. How did you deal with it? Yes, <laughs> I dealt with it fine. <laughs> uh, no, deal with it was a lot of fun, but that was just a tag on the all the prank shows we were talking about. Uh, next for me, uh well, live, we're going to do a show together. We're yes, show we got like
0: coming TV. up April 18th. Yeah, Everybody listening. So Danforth,
1: listening. Cap Theater. Danforth. Danforth and so Broadview. Black Swan. Yep. The sports edition of Monkey Toast. So uh, we're going to have um, Jeff Sammet who is a Fan 590 uh, host. He's going to be hosting, guest hosting Monkey Toast. I'll be there improvising. You'll be there rapping.
0: I'll be making some rapping songs. Make some new raps. raps, gonna debut some new rappings. Some sports raps. Sport-based raps.
1: Uh, Sports-based raps. And then we're gonna do. We have two guests. We're not sure who they're gonna be. We're floating around names, and we'll definitely look at sports. But you don't. But have
0: you're to talking about Jose Canseco, Canseco, maybe? And, it's gonna uh, be Jose
1: Canseco and Mark McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the Bash Brothers. They're be, returning. <laughs> first half is gonna be uh, is gonna be Aussie Canseco, oh, yeah. his twin brother, and then Jose will take off. And then
0: Aussie Smith is gonna come to a cameo.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> That's, you're, you're making a show that I wish I just to have spoiled
0: it. the show. Now, you guys got yeah, to come with this. It's
1: going to be um, Ozzy Canseco, <laughs> then Ozzy Gian, <Guillen>, then, <laughs> right? Then Ozzy Smith. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Oswald Cobblepot uh, 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 cosplay Ozzie winner. Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> uh, yeah, Oswald Cobblepot. Good reference. Good reference. <laughs> that uh, Penguin. The, the
0: Penguin. Penguin is there. Um, remember that guy at Free Comic Didn't we was it Free Comic Day? You and I bumped into a guy dressed as Nightcrawler.
1: Yes, no, that was the convention. (laughs) It It was the Midnight Madness at Silver Snail (laughs) before the comic convention, and I was there to work security. Remember, you guys asked me to work. Yeah, this is back when I worked at the Snail. Yeah, and I was working the door to make sure no one scrambled at the back door. or The side there was two doors in front. Yeah, and the guy was dressed as Nightcrawler, and he had no sense of humor. What was the what was the line that made him mad?
0: I think he like moved like he was. Trying to like push in or elbow somebody, yeah. and, I, and I was like, "Take it easy there, Kurt." Yes, and he was like, "I'm Nightcrawler." And yeah, I'm like, that's right. He didn't. Understand and I'm like, "Kurt's Nightcrawler's real name, he you." Because was idiot.
1: pissed off.
0: <laughs> it's like you see Spider Man, you call
1: him Peter. Peter it's the same hey, thing. Peter. Yeah, I'm Spider Man. I'm not Peter. Well, <laughs> maybe he was just so in character. Yeah, well whatever. You know his identity. That goes yeah. weird. He was like a model. Nightcrawler. Yeah, he was, yeah, he
0: was odd. He took eight hours to paint himself blue, but and... his
1: hair was perfect. <laughs> he was like under of London. His the hair
0: tail actually moved. I know. Yeah, he was a little. <laughs> and he was like
1: with like a model as Emma Frost or something like that. Yeah, and that was weird. Yeah, he was standoffish about his, yeah. himself being Nightcrawler.
0: But I'm like, you know, you gotta if you're gonna dress the part, you yeah. better read the part. Yeah, you better know your characters. You gotta name know you Kurt. gotta get into
1: that character.
0: <laughs> Kurt Wagner.
1: Oh man, I remember so well uh, this weekend costumes. My, my favorite moment was the silver snail party back when at the Cameron. you know this one it was it was at the uh not the Cameron House, the uh charlotte room charlotte room yeah so silver snail halloween party at the charlotte room and uh a friend viv and i were sitting by the front door and everyone at the silver snail party is insanely dressed like the costumes are insane i mean that year was the year the hellboy year the guy
0: best in costumes in toronto every yeah, year no, that halloween party best costumes it's yeah. the best
1: you know and so but every year, you know, there's, like, six people dressed as, like, Super Mario. There's always, like, repeat costumes and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard to be original. Uh, but it's certainly amazing stuff. And, like, this guy came bounding in the room uh, dressed as uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> he came running in, and he was like, yeah. Oh. Like, he just <laughs> immediately realized, oh, fuck. Like, I'm dressed <laughs> as Austin Powers. And I bought it, like, Malabar's.
0: And it was like five years too late. Oh, and, way too yeah. late. Way too late.
1: <laughs> there was no irony to what he was doing. He was just coming in thinking, I'm going to be awesome in my Austin Powers. And he just he shut himself down. He didn't yeah. even finish. Yeah, baby.
0: You got like a he, guy who built a Swamp Thing costume from scratch. Oh, my God. Exactly.
1: <laughs> that was the Hellboy. He was Hellboy. The yeah, yeah around, Right. Yeah. And, and then yeah, yeah. Like he didn't even say but and he just looked so disappointed in the head <laughs> down. And Viv and I were killing ourselves laughing. It was so perfect. <laughs> you can't yeah, you can't show up at that party half assed.
0: No, well you went as the best Costume ever, because when I worked at the Snail, yeah. we used to take pictures of yeah. when we'd catch people shoplifting. We'd take a picture of them and then put them up next to the cash register. Right, you've seen this guy, yeah. And, so yeah. everyone who would, sh- all our regulars would yeah. see these guys and yeah. be like, "Oh, I don't, li- I hate that guy." Like, yeah. because we, it was such a community, right? The comic yeah. shop, and that's yeah. whenever we'd bust somebody. Because I used to bust people shoplifting all the time. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, and I'd yeah. my I would like freak on them. I'm like, "You're yeah. stealing from an independent business. Yeah. You know, you don't Good. understand like the comic industry." I just I'd yeah. go off on my yeah. rant and you know scare the crap out of the younger kids yeah. and just like get angry at the these nerdy Virgins who are trying to run off with Dungeons and Dragons and <laughs> manuals or did whatever you, it was yeah, now hold on a second no, if you <laughs> caught a kid stealing a Dungeons
1: and Dragons whatever you know player
0: manual Pokemon cards kids would try and steal oh, Pokemon yeah. cards and I made a few cry yeah yeah good oh yeah and sure I would scare the crap out of them did you
1: scare them and not call the cops or did
0: you call yeah them? I didn't I didn't call the cops oh, there no you know. no so you let them off and see. I mean Cody and I one time Cody and I chased a guy. From Queen, when the snail was at Queen, close to yeah. Peter, and he ran towards John, yeah. and there was a used to be a corner store right there, yeah. uh, like or Garden View. It's, yeah, or, yeah, Garden yeah View. it's still there. And we chased him there, and I like grabbed his bag, and I opened his bag, and he had just taken all these hardcover Dungeons and Dragons oh, books, my God. and those books were like thirty or forty yeah, bucks each. each yeah. He probably had like a couple hundred dollars worth of books in there, but we sure. never called the cops. you know, but uh, we handled it our own. Yeah. You know, handled it our own, but. Uh, yeah. But I digress. Yeah. You you dressed up as one of the most famous guys. Yeah, I dressed up I dressed up as one of your shoplifters.
1: <laughs> and I think you guys had written on the sheet I'm a I'm a shoplifter or I'm an asshole, please punch me or whatever yeah. what was it was. There was some saying. I forget what
0: about, it was. It's like I'm a jerk and I steal I'm some. a jerk and
1: I steal, punch me, or whatever that <laughs> yeah. was. So I made a t-shirt that said that. Got a mustache and the mullet and it had a bag full of comic books yeah. and I just carried it around. It was amazing. And it was amazing to watch most people going who the fuck is this guy? Because everyone's <laughs> trying to figure out the obscure comic book and then just seeing George in your face yeah. is going, holy shit. It's and the guy. You're the guy. And there was like a few people that worked at the Snail who had no words. Yeah. They were so like... Oh, wait, it's the guy. They just were like, I know who you are. We'd see
0: every this. morning when we'd yeah. open up the shop, we'd see yeah. this wall of shame. That guy was the big, problem good guy. guy.
1: Uh, that was, it was so worth the reaction of the people that worked at the snail. And then watching you guys try to explain to other people who I was and them just going, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You guys were so excited about the thief showing up. <laughs> and I think you gave me as a prize, I got, the, I got a, a Power Man a bust. Yeah, so, boss, there you go. Have, yeah. To remember
0: those That's days nice. of you in the filing, filing way. Oh and man, sweet, sweet reading. Present. Oh, yeah. well, this has been amazing. Mm. So we got Monkey, to- Monkey Toast, Toast coming up April eighteenth. But yeah. for the people listening to this in the future, sorry you missed an amazing, uh, amazing show. Show, what a great show that was. <laughs> that was 18th. great. Yeah, that sports I mean, event. That was
1: where you debuted your hoverboard. Yeah, you know, yes, which was great. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't believe we had Ozzy Gee and Ozzy Smith and Ozzy Kinsako show up. Uh, we couldn't let Mark we ran out of time. Mark McGuire couldn't get on the show. Yeah. But they were, people missed it.
0: What can you Made that great joke about Bobby Orr and oh my you God. Know, Bobby know yeah.
1: And he was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? He was in the back. He he his knees were not great. So he couldn't <laughs> get up for the standing ovation, but everyone else gave it a standing it ovation. It was a
0: great show. Yeah. Sandy, this has been a great show. Thanks Thank for hanging out on the working. weekend. This Thank has been you. a pleasure. We'll yeah. get you back once again. Yeah. And uh, everybody uh, you know keep an eye out for Sandy Job and Bevins.
1: Well, thanks for having me on the show. I'm going to try to figure out how to get out of here. Alpha
2: Holis got the beast that'll make you say. Alpha Holis got the freaks that'll make you say. Alpha Holis got the that'll make you say. Tell me the jam make you wanna say. Alpha Holis got the beast that'll make you say. Alpha Holis got the freaks that'll make you say. Alpha Holis got the vibes that'll make you say. Tell me the jam make you wanna say. Test the rocket launcher. let's blow up the spot Show what we got for the 90 flow shot I'm the ground bomber dropping verbal studs I write rhymes while my mama peeled the skin off the squads This ain't baseball, no, All the licks won't slump So make room for the cooler beast that run. Yo, no. I'm the baddest man with a hit since Willie Mays I'm playing for the A's, OG was right cause rhyme pays I walked through a rainstorm, I didn't even get wet I was belling through hell, I didn't even bust a sweat So you must have a locomotive, I mean a crazy reason To want to step up and suck a punk season Bring it on young one, so you can get done. I got most styles than the miles to the sun. Nine to one million, five thousand flows. And here's one more for the hole. The alpha artist got beats that'll make you say. The alpha artist got freaks that'll make you say. The alpha artist got rhymes that'll make you say. Every time I've ever changed, make you can, make wanna say The Alpha artists got beats that'll make you say, The Alpha Hallist got freaks that'll make you say, The Alpha Hallists got rhymes that'll make it say